I did not mean to click that before it went off, but welcome to the Irish NFL show. Delighted to be joined by the usual team on a Monday night, Colin Cronin. Um, there we go. Uh, Brian O'Leary. And last, but by no means least, Mark Cockerell. Mark, welcome in as well. How are we doing, boys? Good? Very good, yeah. Uh, great uh, great weekend. Great to meet people in the woolshed last night. And a really interesting array of games to talk about. Yeah, that was us in the woolshed last night. Brian, you look very happy in that photo. Did the Giants win? Or, or, or I was very happy because the Giants were annoyed off. Didn't have to go through the stress levels. The other supporters were going through in there because there was some crazy games last night in the six o'clock slot of games and then later on in the evening. But yeah, very enjoyable evening. Great to be out with yourselves as always. And it was great to kind of mix in and get to know some of the fans who've been supporting the show for the past year. Great to have uh, everybody there last night, Mark. And for me, Mark, I was personally buzzing because it went on so late last night. By the time I got home, I literally got like two hours action on the sofa, drinking my tea. It was a good night at NFL. It was indeed, Michael. I'm a little bit concerned about what your two hours of action were on the sofa, but still, um, we'll let that go. The NFL. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching NFL. Watching um, Ark, yeah. It was, it was a great night for, for games, as Brian alluded to, some crazy finishes. You know, by the time I think we all got home, seeing the end of the, uh, the late games and the end of those games in particular was bananas uh although you know not if you're watching red zone on sky unfortunately for the last few minutes for the uh well, oh come on completely out of their control come on there's literally a law which it was it was but what a cutting into one unbelievable game in that regard i mean i just put on game pass after boys i literally just put on game pass before we yeah. talk about the games uh very quickly there is a game tonight i know that brian O'Leary is stand up late to live tweet this it is the packers against the lions more importantly than that, though, everybody is coming up north on Sunday uh, for a meetup in the Deer's Head, which is in central Belfast, literally opposite Castle Court, beside the Cathedral Quarter. Uh, we'll be there from half five in the evening. You know, potentially even before that, because Colm's a big Arsenal fan and Tottenham's playing Arsenal at half four on Sunday. Uh, yeah, Colm? Yeah? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been to the bar personally. It's 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 a really, really good upstairs space and there will be at least three games on. I'm presuming we'll know tomorrow whenever Sky announced the games, but one would speculate that the Rams against the Bucks will be on, Redson will be on, and then hopefully in another game as well. Maybe we'll take a vote, but we're not showing uh, the Broncos against the Jets or the Giants against the Falcons. No chance whatsoever. So, uh, yeah. Bummer. Yeah, exactly. Let's uh, let's get right into it. Like, let's just look at it right now, boys. What a night last night, and we're going to stay on that game. The Titans column beating the Seahawks in oh well, I mean, unbelievable, thirty-three to thirty, and they just about get over the line in what was an incredible, and I've said here a titanic performance. Yeah, well, they they looked dead and buried at at one stage. I mean, what Seattle were thirty sixteen up in the. Um, fourth quarter, um, and then Derrick Henry went beast mode. I mean, it, just a really fantastic comeback by the Titans. First half, Derrick Henry, uh, 13 carries, 35 yards. Second half, Derrick Henry, 22 carries, 147 yards, and three touchdowns. He put the team on his back, and uh, he was uh, just phenomenal. He was, he was, uh, completely the the difference maker um the 
potentially could have even gone for the the two points at the end by just ha- handing him the ball. Uh, couple, like the the only thing you you'd say is couple of injuries that I'm going to have to see uh, what happens with those over the the course of the the week. But given that their left tackle went down before the game, it was a seriously um, impressive comeback for them. Um, for the the Seahawks uh, to to fall off the way they did, that's got to be massively disappointed. Yeah, I think it was 36 game with nine minutes to go. And at that stage, you probably felt the game was safely in Seattle's hands. But um, we, we touched on it last week with Derrick Henry. It's 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 boom or bust at times for the Titans. If he, he really has a prolific game or he's really poor and the Titans don't perform. And as you said, he, he put the team on his back and he, he got them to the win. But the defense, again, like we said it last week, they gave up 40, over 40 points last week and they gave up 30 points this week. Two of the touchdowns which Seattle scored. You know, their secondary was was greatly exposed for both touchdowns. And it was similar enough last week and it was similar enough last season, which is great for us as neutrals because we get to see very highly entertaining games. But as a Titans fan, well, you're, you know, on a crest of a wave today with a fantastic win because, let's be fair, not many teams go in and beat Seattle in their own ground. You know, you still have to worry about that defence in the long run. Will it ultimately come back to cost them? And it, but at the same time, great win. And for the Seattle... It's one that they'll feel they, they let go because they had that game in their hands for the large parts of the, of the game. I mean, let's be, let's be honest about this. There's only been a few times in the history the Tennessee Titans have really mattered. You know, Steve McNair era, you know, Vince Young, Glendale White and uh, Chris Johnson, the three-headed monsters kind of running the ball. And and even that 13-3 Titans team then got knocked out in the first round. They weren't really that entertaining to watch. Well, I tell you something, this Titans team is not only relevant and has a, a, a shot at the AFC as they've been there or thereabouts, obviously, the last two seasons making the playoffs. They're bloody entertaining to watch. I mean, it's like the uh, Detroit Lions' Matt Stafford. Like, you know, these teams are never out of it. It's always good crack. Um, whether they're going to fall apart on defense or whether they're going to explode on offense is something else. But for me as well, like this was one of the games actually last the, the other day I was finding the most difficult to call. So I thought the Titans always had a chance. I didn't when they were 30-16 down. But then not only what they did, what did Seattle do? Seattle's last few possessions, three and out, three and out, end of game. And then in overtime, when it really matters, three and out with a minus 12-yardage loss. Like when it really mattered, not only did the Titans' defense step up a bit, but the Seahawks' offense took a step back. So great game, great finish, great comeback. Um, and, you know, fair play to the Titans. And they, they, they should, as we said earlier, walk that very poor AFC South. And we obviously, we all picked the Titans, so it's fine. You know, no issue there. It wasn't a disaster there. Sean O'Mahony uh, saying, Titan up, lads. What a win. I'll give you this, gentlemen, before we move on. Seattle were 52-0 and at home, heading into the fourth quarter. They're now, uh, when, when leading in the fourth, they're now 52-1. and so, uh, and they gave, gave up 10 penalties for 100 yards. So they did themselves no favors. I will say as well, Tyler Lockett, what a fantasy pickup he is for me, obviously, and for everybody else to pick him. Boys, he's top two, top three wide receivers in this league. Unreal. Like, I honestly cannot believe, like, it was incredible to see the Titans come back in that game. I just can't believe the Seahawks didn't win it at the point where they were calm as well. It was just mental. 
Yeah, I mean, like you gave the stat, Michael. There, if they were leading going into the fourth quarter, they they usually close it out at home with the twelfth man. So, but look, this has, uh, you know, the Derrick Henry is a force of nature, and he put it on. So, uh, it it will be when you have Derrick Henry and when he's on form, you're always in with a shot. Well, I'm never not picking the Titans ever again. Uh, let's just very quickly move on to the next one because it wasn't just one game where we were let down yesterday by our fantastic picks and the fact that our picks are now publicized online, the amount of abuse that, we, that we've been getting all day. Cardinals, they win it 34 to 33. Kyler Murray plays a really good game, albeit he had a couple of interceptions. The Vikings miss a field goal at the end to potentially win the game. What was your thoughts on the Vikings performance, Colin? Because I, for one, was impressed with Kirk Cousins in the game but maybe i'm just crazy no i thought cousins did did okay um you know given what was he 20 22 for for 32 almost 250 uh yards um and and that was in a game where kind of dalvin uh, cook was in and out uh he, he went to the the sideline twice and came back in still picked up 131 yards i thought you know they Look, it's one where again the the Vikings they they viked it up. Uh, they they just find ways to to lose, which is unfortunate uh, for them. Whether it's you know get, you know losing to to last minute field goals or not making them. I mean, look, the, no franchise protect uh, other than the the Bills. But I don't even know if the Bills have as many. Um, they might have more catastrophic, but as many last-minute field goal um, horrific memories than than the Vikings. So overall, I thought, yeah, they, they can be reasonably pleased both offensively and on, on defense, given how good the cards are on offense. But like what Hunter had three sacks, they had two interceptions. Yeah, you have to be reasonably pleased. But once again, they're they're zero and two, and uh, you know talked about how frustrated Zimmer must be uh, at the at, at, on the Monday after week two. He remains the most frustrated man in the NFL. We touched on it before we we went on went on live. There's a number of teams this weekend who will be looking back on week two, going, "How did we throw that game away?" And the Vikings are certainly one of them. And even going back to last week, like they could. They could easily be 2-0, and the narrative would be so different on Zimmer and the players and Cousins. But again, and the field goal itself, like it wasn't, you've seen 45, 50 yard, 55 ones, you know, go go shade left or shade right. But that one was, that was a gimme, you know, for a, for a, for a kicker that was having a very consistent game because he made one from over 50 earlier on in the game. But pressure's on last second. And it's a big win for the Cards because they didn't play well. I know they put up high numbers and money played reasonably well, but he had two interceptions. They managed, as you said, they controlled them well enough, and they still they still lose the game. So it's a disappointment. And the Cards just roll on, and the momentum keep, continues to build off what I would say was a poor performance to get the win. It's a big it's a big sign of a team that's maybe moving in the right direction. Mark Kyler Murray, four hundred passing yards, two passing uh, sorry three passing touchdowns. 31 rush yards, one rushing touchdown. My God, this guy, like, can I just have him on my team, please? Now, like, unreal. Kyler is unbelievable. I mean, let's put it this way. he We know this. He's an absolute superstar. Um, and the cards very much run on how he runs. But the warning signs we were given the other day was, hang on a second, let's just wait and see with this cards team. So often they've kind of, you know, flashed and then not followed up. They haven't had the consistency. 
let's see if this defense can perform in the same way. And we did flag. Look, the Vikings have weapons here, like Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are still on that team, as well as Dalvin Cook. And, like, let's be honest, the Cardinals shouldn't have won. I mean, this is a classic example of, like, Gary Anderson versus the Falcons, Ryan Longwell in a few different games, Blair Walsh in that playoff game against the, uh, the Seahawks. I said, now Greg Joseph wants to knock on the door and join you guys. Because remember, it wasn't just the 37-yarder he missed at the end of the game. He missed an extra point during the game, and they lost by one. Like, otherwise, that game's going to overtime at worst for the Vikes. So, you know, the cards should be, you know, yes, praising Kyler, but reaching down between their legs and kissing their ass and thanking the heavens for how lucky they were to walk out of that with a win. Okay, okay, okay. Look, we, we, we have to talk about America's team, boys. We have to talk about them. Uh, the Cowboys. Now, lads, this this was interesting last night. The Cowboys won uh, playing the Chargers in SoFi Stadium. First, well, I, like, look, I was, I actually put Red Zone on the car on the way back from Dublin and I was listening to it. And it sounded as if we were in Texas. And then I, you know, obviously looked down for a split second. And all I could see was Cowboy fans in the crowd. Uh, it's a it's a big win for the Cowboys. Justin Herbert yesterday, I think he had a couple of interceptions. Yeah, he had a couple of interceptions. For me, Colm, like, I know we, look, he, he, he's still relatively new to this league and he, it will take him time to polish it up. But that was a real loss. That was a real loss of an opportunity for that team last night. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's fair to put it on Herbert. Herbert was 31 for 41. If the rest of the team had shown up, um, it you know, they it is one they, they'll be disappointed with. And Michael, you make the fair point that it sounded like uh, they were in, um, in Dallas because that's what Mike McCarthy said. It felt like a home game. And that's going to be a real issue for the Chargers. All joking aside about, the uh, you know, filling the stadium. If, if teams feel like it's a home game for them, that, that's a real issue. And a lot of the teams they are going to play this season will travel in big numbers. So that, that will be an issue. Yes, he had two interceptions, absolutely. But they also had 12 penalties. I mean, we saw more of the, the refs in, in this game, um, certainly than we saw of Zeke Elliott uh, and Tony Pollard take take a bow because uh, you should be uh, RB1 for, for the Cowboys, uh, you know. Um, look, the... That the the Chargers, unfortunately, and um, I'm I'm sure um, they will look at it just in terms of the number of penalties. But the the sack that the Herbert sack that was given towards the end, which just made no sense. There were truly some absolutely baffling calls yesterday. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that um, later on. But look, a good win for for the Cowboys and uh, Mike Parsons in um, particular was uh, very very impressive. Yeah, just on Paul, when we were doing our preview of this game on the on the weekend show, I kind of stressed the fact that he's starting to you know take over there, and Zeke's just not the player he was, and they should start giving him more more of the ball, and it seems to be the case yesterday. And for the Chargers, like this is why you know we're, we're a lot of them are high on the Chargers this year. These are the kind of games they have to be winning. They want to be in the playoffs, and the show these won't say the truth game away because the Cowboys play very well. And maybe we were being a bit disrespectful on the Cowboys because like they easily could have beaten the Bucks last week. You know they. You know, the game was there for them and fair play to Brady drove down. But books are sorry, the Cowboys were really impressive last week, in particular on offense. And their defense last week gave a lot of points, but the defense this week showed up holding the charges who are, are deemed to be a very explosive offense. So 17 points. It's a big win for the for the, for the Cowboys. And there's a lot of people that would have 
when you're doing your predictions at the start of the season and you're going through all the results, you say, no, they won't win there and they pulled it off. So interesting game ahead from next week when they play the Eagles. Yeah, the uh, the home advantage has been an issue for the Chargers for years, like going back to when they were in San Diego, I mean, uh, and especially when they're playing the soccer stadium. Philip Rivers was used to historically use a silent snap count at home because they were constantly out, you know, voted out, shouted out, but attended by opposition fans who, of course, loved going to San Diego and now will love going to L.A. and the mass availability of tickets there. Um, interestingly, the same noise is being said about the Raiders. Like, you know, will lots of fans, uh, you know, opposition teams fans focus on Raiders games as the away trip and therefore lose some of that home advantage? But, like, the Chargers, they might as well not be playing at home, frankly. They've basically got 17 away games on the road. And that, the Cowboys obviously historically well-supported, but was a prime example of what they're going to be facing. Um, to me, actually, this was a classic game of like actually two good teams. Like we we saw some great football. Like we saw some great defense. And Cowboys, we gave you a ton of crap last week because the defense did not show up this week. Mike Parsons has conquered out a uh, Leighton Van Der Esch as well. You know they they were performing on the field and they certainly delivered and keeping that explosive Chargers team in check. Other than Keenan Allen, who will always get his yards from time to time. Um, and Austin Eckler, obviously, in his first game back uh, this season, looked really sharp and really impressive. But it was two good teams. It was a great game. It was good football all the way through. And in the end, the Cowboys edge it. And they needed to after losing to the Bucks. But I think they pre they established themselves again as the preeminent force in the NFC East. You know, if they're going to win those tough games against that team, they are the team to beat in that division, especially with what transpired over the weekend with the Eagles' loss. The Giants and the, all the drama that started on Thursday night and Washington with their injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick. The problem with the Cowboys is, and you know well, they'll, they'll come out with a magical performance one week and the consistency is just not there. And that's probably the, what's been costing them for years. You know, they'll, they'll win this week and they'll lay an egg next week. Never bet on the Cowboys and the Vikings. Never bet on the Cowboys and the Vikings. <laughs> Never bet on the Cowboys. Just remind us that, yeah, just remind us that at the weekend. Um, I really like the combination with Pollard and, and Elliot. Like I know people are saying about Elliot. Like uh, somebody said to us last night, Elliot was washed in, in Dublin. I like the combination. They looked really good going forward, not just on the run game, on the pass game as well. We've got a comment here. When you said America's team, I thought you were going to talk about the Broncos. Don't worry, we'll talk about the Broncos in a minute. Uh, well, the Chargers are what fourth in the AFC West, and the Chiefs are third. So. We'll talk about the Raiders in a second as well. Uh, yeah, can't, can't wait to see uh, how the Cowboys go down the stretch. Uh, no touchdowns yesterday for CD Lamb. Uh, Blake, Blake Jarwin had a decent game. I really like Blake Jarwin. Come back to that in a minute. Uh, the Raiders. Now, I know nobody picked the Raiders this weekend to, to win. Uh, You're wrong, picked, yeah, I know. I'm joking, Brian. Don't worry. 26-17 uh, winners against the Steelers. Column. The Raiders go 2-0. Uh, so it's switch at the top of the AFC West and it's good to see a bit of change after years of mediocrity yeah um I mean the the Raiders and the Broncos uh at 2-0 and oh, and yeah the Broncos have had the the nice schedule the Raiders by contrast having to to take on the uh Ravens and obviously then go to to Pittsburgh and in fairness to to them um I um Brian and Vernus said it wouldn't matter having to go east, but having to go east on a short week when your body clock is on 11 a.m. and show up against the, the Steelers, 
I think they beat they beat not just the Steelers, but they beat the schedule because it did, just didn't do them any any favors. And you'd have to say Derek Carr looked excellent um and you know he's got um a kind of a bevy of receivers to to throw to now the 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 running game um definitely has issues but in fairness to um Mike Mayock uh, rightly criticized the Titans for the drafting, but some of the guys they've picked up, um, Casey Hayward um, was was um, excellent. Uh, Solomon Thomas sacked Big Ben twice. Um, and again, Najee Harris really struggled to get going. Yes, he had that, you know, wonderful gift moment that will be shown o- over and over and over the stiff arm. And he had the, the touchdown reception with 38 yards. Um, off of 10 attempts um that that is not what the the Steelers wanted they they wanted to have a rushing identity to give Ben um the the best possible uh, opportunity that just just hasn't happened so you have to say though the Raiders mightly impressive after week two but you never want to get ahead of yourself I mean the Raiders were 2-0 and last year as well the Raiders beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead week five last year there's still an awfully long way to go, but absolutely very, uh, very impressive, you would have to say, uh, in terms of what they were able to do going to Pittsburgh and getting the the victory on the road uh, on a short week. Brian, well done. Well done for picking them. Yeah, well done. Yeah, well, I felt it win because having looked at the, the game again last week, the Steelers game against Buffalo, like their, the Steelers offense just didn't do, do a lot. And it was very similar to what we saw towards the back end of last season. And the Raiders... Like Derek Carr, I, I, I picked him to go to the playoffs because I can just see Derek Carr, he's just maturing as years go on. He really is a quality quarterback. And I think Gruden has realized now that the best quarterback isn't somewhere else. Maybe he has, he has the right guy here. And as Collins alluded to there, and I said it in the season preview show, they've actually got a lot of weapons. Uh, you know, And Ruggs, he's the player over the top. And we saw it with the touchdown, which essentially was the winning touchdown. So, you know, 75, 80-yard bomb to, to Ruggs. And they're just playing. He seems to have them playing together. And even on defense... For last year they were struggling, but I know they gave up a lot of points last week against against the Ravens. But you know, Big Ben is at that age now where you just can't get around, and they were stifling them, and they were getting around them, and they got a number of sacks on them. And then Waller, like he's for for me, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. I think he's starting to establish himself as one of the best, and people are starting to recognize it. But he's still, to me, some people see him as a very underrated tight end. Like they, last week, I think it was ninety. I think Mark you referred to on Friday how many times he was targeted last 19. week. Yeah, and he was targeted again, but he's still catching them. So it's just players in this league, and it doesn't matter what you you put up against them, he's just going to make plays. And ultimately, when they needed big plays yesterday, um, he they pulled it out. It's a great win for them, and they've got a, a tough one this weekend against the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, Mark, um, Mark. Not 19 uh, with Dar- Darren Waller. I should be referring to him with Paul Hardcastle. Which uh, <laughs> is a reference Michael definitely doesn't get, by the way. But still, no idea um, what talking about. No yeah, way exactly. Talking about. <laughs> um, the, the, the Raiders look. The problem with the Raiders is actually how one-dimensional they've become. Now they were playing a team that was even more one-dimensional, as uh, Colin was alluding to. But without Josh Jacobs back, like they don't have much of a run game either, and they're relying very heavily on the passing game. Obviously, they also had a significant injury. It was a weekend of big injuries all around the NFL. We'll come to a couple of the. The critical ones in due course, but Alex Leatherwood, um, uh, their um, controversial, shall we say, pick. pick in the first round. 
Um, he um, limped out of the game, and that kind of weakens an already challenged, shall we say, offensive line, especially as I say in run blocking. So that could be an issue. But as Brian alludes to, they're going to be going up next week against a team that suffered an even more uh, crucial injury and uh, will be starting Jacoby Brissett at quarterback next week. So maybe a good time and a good bunch of scheduling for the Raiders after uh, you know, impressively tough start against two FC North teams. As a fan of a team, uh, Mark, that has well, had dominated a division and quite frankly made it boring for all the other fans, are, are you impressed with the talent in the AFC West? Because to be honest with you, I didn't see this coming. The Chiefs now do not hold at least a share of the lead in that division for the first time since the conclusion of Week 16 in 2016. Do you think the Raiders could mount a serious challenge or do you think it's between them and the Chargers? Uh I think they could mount a serious challenge. We thought that for a while because they they have a well-rounded team. Obviously, they beat the Chiefs last year in relation to it. But over a 17-game season, the Chiefs are winning that division. They're winning that division 95 times out of 100. And am I saying there's not a chance? It's like the dumb and dumb line? No, there's a chance, but the Chiefs will win that division. Okay. Well, then we'll just move on swiftly. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the Broncos. The Broncos went, like, if, if we're looking at the AFC West, the Broncos are now 2 0 and are on to, and, and are going to play the Jets the weekend. Come all good. The Rams won a really nice game in Indianapolis. They actually caught up in this after work today. Really enjoyable game. And Colin, granted, there was injuries. Carson Wentz is like a hospital at the minute. It's like, what's going on, man? Seriously. I think he's got both knees bruised now, but, uh, uh, see-through performance from the Los Angeles Rams, my pick to win it all. Yeah, um, I mean, I suppose going into Indianapolis is always going to be tough, but Wentz is, he's, I think, carrying injuries to both knees. He's sprained both ankles. Um, really uh, tough, and, and then the rookie comes in, and he throws at Jalen Ramsey, um, which he just don't want want to do um bit of naivety there um but the Colts played tough um they re they really really did their their issue was they just couldn't make it happen um you know the the Rams uh four stops at the one um which really kind of um set set the tone and then obviously um went to the shuffle pass that was uh inter intercepted again I, I Frank Reich is a, is a really good coach I can see why they tried something like that because you need something against the, the Rams when you're going against that that defense um but for for the for the Rams look Stafford Cooper Cup um can Cup stay fit is probably the the big question for the the Rams they need to wrap him in cotton wool I'm going to slightly disagree with you there Colin like it's an opening drive. You go, you 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 run. You go down eighty yards, and okay, it's four, it's four, four can go. You take the field goal in a game where points are precious. They lost by three points in the end. You know, he's early in the game and he's going from fourth down. Just didn't make any sense to me. It's a lost opportunity for the Colts, as you said. There was another interception in the red zone. You know, they take those three points. You touched on it earlier on. The extra point being missed by the Vikings kicker that would have put the game into overtime. Those three points in the end came back to haunt them essentially because they lost by three points. So it's a difficult one. They played really well. I didn't think the Rams played as well as they did last week. Tougher opponent. Very interesting to see how they go this weekend when they, when they welcome the Bucks. But I also think that's the kind of game probably the Rams, with all due respect, might have lost with Goff as quarterback. So Stafford is there. He's, he's already had an immediate connection with, with Cup. And, you know, the playbook has completely opened up now as a comparison to what they were doing under Goff. 
and the run game is effective. Like they've lost two running backs this season, and you know Jeff or Henderson has still found himself into the end zone. So they've they've a nice balance there, and it's a big win. It's a big win from um, in terms of the confidence leading into this weekend's game. Hoping well, that Rams well, game's going to be in Belfast as well, Mark. Hopefully, see you there, Mark, on Sunday. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But I mean, like, I'm just about to say, like, we we got to about five minutes of talking about this game without mentioning Cooper Cup, who deserves a ton of praise for an unbelievable performance. I mean, like, you know, we talked about Debo Samuel in the 49ers game last year, last week. Cooper Cup had a great day, and yes, all credit to Matthew Stafford for finding him and putting the ball in the right place to allow for the yak, uh, the yards after the catch, but. Cup was at times, frankly, uncoverable in that particular game. I will say another caution on Brian's praise of their run game, though. The Colts haven't had a run defense for a decade. So anybody who runs on the Colts, like until proven otherwise, I don't still rate their run game until we see at least a degree more consistency because one swallow does not make a summer. But, you know, they, I, I, I know where Brian's going. It's not a bad defense there. Obviously, one probably the premier linebackers in the, the division in Darius Leonard. Um, but look, we'll we, just let's hold our fire on that. Colts, bear in mind, they only came back into the game with one of the most bizarre um, special teams foofars of all time with the wonderful zero uh, return of fumble from the, uh, uh, from the punt. And uh, the only other thing I want to say is like the Rams, great to see them win and everything. Not so great, however, if you had a seven-team accumulator with the Rams at minus three and a half, which was the spread, and they're the one team that let you down. So just, just, just you know, maybe some people that happened to just, just throwing it out there. Um, just a quick point. My point around the running back is, I suppose Acres was supposed to be the number one running back for them this year, and obviously he went out injured. And Henderson was never deemed to be a number one running back for him. He was obviously going to be the second man. So for him to start the season in the manner he did, albeit against a Bears defense, which was poor last week, and this Colts. It's, it just to me it looks like the the faith in which they've given in, in making him the number one running back. He's he's playing up to that at the moment. Yeah, I was literally going to ask Mark there about Cooper Cup, but Mark he just bombed in. So yes, Cooper Cup, like 180 yards, isn't it? Two touchdowns, unreal. It's it's amazing to see his progress since he first got in the league. Because there was all that hype about him when he came in, and yes, he's been good, but he's been almost quiet to the last couple of seasons, and then boom, this year. It's amazing what happens when you have a good quarterback uh, like Matthew Stafford or. Or Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, let's move on to Sunday Night Football. 36-35 win for the Baltimore Ravens, who were 11 points down at one point. And we caught uh, what Coach Harbour said to Lamar Jackson uh, just before that happened. What's going on here now? Here I... Lamar! Lamar! Do you want a cup of tea with your tato, Lamar? All right, no bar. Good man, good man. So after that, he had his cup of tea and the uh, Ravens win 36-35. Wow, how woeful is that column? Uh, the Chiefs lose column. Now, this is a team that um, are supposedly the best team in the NFL. Massive result for the Ravens. Uh, did you see Patrick Mahomes' brother after the game? I, I didn't see Patrick Mahomes' oh. brother after the game, but uh, I, I, I will say that... Um, very impressive from um, Lamar Jackson, who had a, a really, really tough start uh, to to the game. And given that he hadn't beaten Mahomes previously, it would have been very easy for him to go back into to his shell. Uh, you know, two two interceptions in the first quarter, um, but then really again makes it. Um, you know, he took like shows that he is, I suppose, a, a franchise QB and capable of getting the win. And that's what you need to do is to, to be able to, to show that in prime time. Um, you, but 
used his legs, but true for over 200 yards, two touchdowns, some great uh, performances. Obviously, look, that piece at the end, uh, that the video is what everyone is talking about. They had to go for that, right? You you don't want to punt the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. Why? He would have had 56 seconds, and even without a, a, a touchdown, do you really want to take that chance? No. So you have to go for it. But it is wonderful coaching because it, feels you know you're including Jackson in the decision making you're making especially given what it had happened on Monday night so you're empowering your players you're putting the confidence back in your team and you're making him a leader so look Harbaugh showing all his experience there Um, and I criticize Baker Mayfield for being loose with the football against the the Chiefs gotta criticize Mahomes what was that uh the, the interception teacher he just chucked it up there like it was crazy if any other qb did that they would rightly uh take some flack for it look mahomes a wonderful qb no doubt about that but you can't just throw the ball into the air and hope for the best um because that well, will come back to haunt you because you know that hasn't happened before with that team or or, or that player Jackson Mahomes threw a bottle of water on a fan, but it's not being investigated. There's some breaking news here from Ian Rappaport. Let's get some uh, some ambient music in just to report this very quickly. Uh, John Gruden has just told reporters a quarterback, Derek Carr, who injured his ankle on Sunday, had an MRI today and thinks he'll be able to play this week. That said, he called him questionable. It could be like the injury bowl with these quarterbacks this Sunday, but uh, yes. So who knows what's going to happen? Sorry, back to the Chiefs and Brian. Yeah, Mahomes actually came out today and said it's his worst, it's the worst interception of his career. And um, twenty-four for thirty-one, three hundred forty-three yards, three touchdowns. And he doesn't, he doesn't come out the right side of the result. He must be wondering what, what's happened because they gave that game away up by eleven points, and um, then they were driving at the end as well with that fumble. So I said the Chiefs will go home, you know, wondering how they didn't come out with the victory. Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't think the Ravens would be able to live with them, but they came back well. But you're talking about Lamar having great games. He's going to have to keep having great games because defensively in the first two weeks of the season, I know they've gone up against two really good offenses, but they're giving up points in the 30s. And you know yourself, there's only so many times that will happen. Your luck will run out at some stage because you can't keep putting up 36, 37 points. And um, yeah, so there we have it. Yeah, we still don't we still don't know if that Baltimore defense can stop much but they've gone against some serious offenses so let's give them a chance to average it out a little bit more um patrick mahomes you're absolutely right michael through for his first ever interception in september through for his first ever loss in september you know i think he'll be okay you know the super Bowl mvp and regular season mvp and clearly the uh glowing standard of quarterback play in the nfl but yes i appreciate you're going to enjoy his rare losses um, this was one they shouldn't have lost. Um, like the Raiders last year, the, the the Ravens kind of said like, hey, we know we've got to put up points to beat you. And like when you have to score consistently mid-30s, 40s as the Raiders did last year to beat the Chiefs um, in a bog standard regular season game, you know, they're not an easy out. Um, fair play to the Ravens, what they've been through with their injuries and the impact on their team. Um and indeed, the gut wrench last week, obviously, that they had against the Raiders. So um, great combination of that team still putting it through. Fair play to Lamar Jackson. Good for him to get the monkey off the back. But the Chiefs will go away and regroup and say, yeah, we should have won that. Let's not throw away any more games and be silly. Um, and 
that's not necessarily good news for the rest of the league um, in relation to it. But if you were a you know, a Bills fan, for example, who last week was kind of going, oh, God, we've already lost the game and the key seeding and the top seed is all that matters now. Time You're going, well, it's still there potentially because the Chiefs are now one-on-one as well. So good news all round for others. We have a comment from Drillin saying, waiting for this Madden giveaway. Hopefully I win. Love the show. Thank you for the comment. The Madden giveaway is in one hour and 20 minutes. Just retweet the pinned tweet. Next up for the Chiefs, the Chargers on Sunday. An AFC West battle to the death. I'm presuming that game might be in Sky. If you're watching this, Neil, do the business. Belfast Sunday, join us. Uh, I'm presuming that's going to be on Sky. We'll have Red Zone as well. Brian is buying the first round. You actually get a drink with your entry to the bar. Talking about defenses, Mark. One lovely defense. We're not talking about the Patriots yesterday. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills, who went up 35 to zip against uh, the Miami Dolphins. What a performance with that defense and in the first two games if they keep playing they got call and that defense will be number one no doubt whatsoever across the season yeah look the i mean the, the bills obviously last week very disappointing in the way in which they they lost but what a way to, you know to to cure your ills to play the the dolphins if you are the bills the bills have now averaged 30 8.7 points during their six game winning streak against the Dol- Dolphins, eclipsing 30 in each and every single one of those. So the Dolphins must be sick. Um, the the defense was again absolutely fantastic. The obviously had the injury to Tua, um, but the Dolphins QBs were pressured on 33 of 57 dropbacks, just relentless. So it's, uh, you know, uh, that look, it's exactly what you want if, if you're the Bills to get back on track. Talked about it. It was week two last year when Josh Allen really hit his his stride. So we see now where the the Bills can can go from here. Maybe they you know got that that bad result out of their system with the Steelers. But this is what's interesting. You know, in the NFL, you, it's all it's always week to week. You think there's a narrative in place, um, but you know, we, same as the the Bucks next week, the Bucks Rams. You know, one of those narratives is going to end next Sunday. I think was the jury's out on Tua. Some people like him, some people don't. I think the drop off between Tua and, and Jacoby Brissett is quite quite drastic. And uh, I mean that game was over. The minute he went down the game, the game was over. It was a comfortable win for the Bills. And yeah, they didn't even give away any points because of the defense put a lot of pressure on, on Brissett. But for the Dolphins, it's a concern now. They're going to play the Raiders this weekend and they're saying now the Tua injury isn't as serious as they as they thought, but the likelihood of them playing this weekend is not is not gonna happen really. So Things change quickly after winning next last week. They potentially never could go on a bit of a losing streak. I mean, how, how quickly fortunes can change. Sorry, Michael, how quickly fortunes can change. We talked about, you know, a little bit about Carson Wentz being injured, you know, Tua being injured. It completely changes the the outlook for teams. Like the Dolphins fans of the last week after winning in Foxborough were kind of like, well, maybe this is our season and we can beat the Bills and then we'll be 2-0, and etc. And in an instant... All their dreams, hopes, and wishes kind of get wiped a little bit more. The injury looked more significant live. Obviously, he was being helped off the field. He could barely put weight on it. Uh, and I hope for his sake and obviously his career, like, you know, it's not significant and he can bounce back. But um, given his mobility is such a strength, any injury is not going to help in that situation. You know, on the AFC Roundup as well, 
I have to mention Zach Wilson's four inceptions in his first 10 passes, two inceptions in his first two passes. Look, the Pats-Jets game was not a great game to watch for the neutrals. Zach Wilson was given a better lesson. Mac Jones played it really conservatively, and it looked like a comfortable Pats win. It felt like a comfortable Pats win throughout, but like it was dry football, to say the least. There was certainly not really, fun seeing in other games. You wouldn't have thought that last night in that bar, Mark. I was, I was, I was maybe a little bit more into night. it than than others. Yeah. Neutral, neutral, yeah, neutral, yeah. So somewhat, somewhat dispassionate from it all. But yeah, I mean, look, um, Bill, Bills again still remain the favourites in the OCE. So we'll see how they do on that thirty-five zip win. You know, fantastic performance by them. You've got one. You've got one. So you've got one rookie quarterback playing under a head coach who's in the league forty-seven years, and the other rookie quarterback is playing under a rookie head coach. And Wilson's been put in some positions there. You know, so it's 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 dangerous and the well, Jets. The Jets have a have a fashion of ruining quarterbacks early in their careers. Yeah, and and actually, the, with thanks to the, the the guys at CBS for one of the great graphics they put up during the show, Bill Belichick's now in his forty seventh season of coaching in the NFL, as Brian just alluded to. Every other coach in the AFC East is under forty seven. So Robert Sala, Sean McDermott, <laughs> and Brian Flores are all under forty seven. That's you know bizarre in itself. Um. Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and Tua are all London bound. So yeah, right. As are, as are we. Yeah, uh, as medical patients, maybe we can step in and put the pads on and just start throwing a few balls. Just apologies again to anybody that did, that did hear screaming last night after Zach Wilson threw an flew interception. Do you know what we we've too much to talk about? But we'll talk about it on Sunday. The performance for the Jets for me last night, boys. Zach Wilson. This is the thing, like, when players aren't ready, they're not ready. This is why you don't put somebody like Justin Fields in unless you need to. Whole different conversation. AOB, column. I know there's loads of stuff to talk about. I think you want to focus on injuries, or, or do you want to focus on the undefeated Denver Broncos? Going by your background, or what's what's your topic tonight? No, I want, I want to say um, kudos to the Panthers. I was massively critical of them. Um, didn't believe in Sam Darnold. I, I still have... Uh, queries and doubts but uh, Phil Snow and that defense have been fantastic um, I didn't think they would be near anywhere near as far on as they are um, Brian in fairness called it he said that you know I, I Matt Rule builds uh, teams but it usually takes a little bit longer but um, that defense that um, were 31st in the league on third downs um, last year um were just have been so impressive um early early on um and you know as a saints uh team that uh are you know were so impressive again that win over the packers they just could not get anything going so well done matt rule well done the panthers phil snow you came up with a fantastic game plan as well i mean they absolutely gassed uh that saints defense um and had uh james although you know what was it brian you said the last time he threw six uh six picks yeah. uh so it wasn't quite that bad um but uh, for for the Panthers going into a Thursday night game uh, against the Texans team that are now without uh, Trod Taylor, kudos to them. Kudos to them. They they are heavy favourites for this, and the Panthers could seriously be looking at three and zero. We'll talk more obviously on Thursday. 
Yeah, once we're being a bit critical of Wilson's performance for the Jets, just bear in mind that the worst passer rating of all the quarterbacks this weekend was, in fact, Winston. So he's gone from one week looking his, looking a great quarterback to potentially the worst in the league this week. <laughs> there you go. What a, what a, what a week makes in the NFL. Um, I just want to actually touch on the Bears. We all picked the Bengals. Um, we've questioned their defense after last week's game against the Rams. Um, four interceptions on Burroughs. Uh, one pick six, three interceptions in, in a row in terms of three drives in a row, three interceptions. Um, look, the Bengals aren't going to go to the playoffs or anything, but at the same time, the Bears are under pressure going into that game after last week's poor performance. So um, it's a good win for the Bears. And um, the Bengals are back to what we, I suppose we know they are. They're an inconsistent team. One week they look good, and next week they don't. And Borough yesterday didn't, oh. look, didn't look himself at all. And then finally, you pieces. Sorry, Mark, I know you want to get on. Um, our... Our weekly treble came up, thanks to matchbook.com. We went with three teams. We were quite fortunate in the end. Patriots won. That was comfortable. The Broncos won. We were waiting on the cards. It didn't look likely, but thankfully, it went boy. It went boy left, and our account, thanks to matchbook.com, was up a few quid this morning. Feel free to transfer the funds over, Brian, after the show, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Keeping that for another. He didn't add the, the Rams minus three and a half, like some people. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, there were some random things that happened. Bad Jameis was there. I mean, my God, of all things, the shovel pass he threw as an interception to a lineman was dreadful. But then Sam Darnold decided to do the same thing in the same game, uh, which was a bit bizarre to see. Um, but other call outs as well. The Browns got back on track. Um, we all expected them to beat the Texans, to be fair. Texans were competitive until Tyrod Taylor got injured, but the Browns get their campaign back on track, um, which is which is good to see for them uh, to keep plowing in the right direction. But also, are we not going to call out Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and Tom Brady throwing five touchdowns and, you know, walking that game? In fairness, the Falcons, and this thing about ebbs and flows in games, the Falcons got back into that game considerably, but the Buccaneers very well again, um, you know, later on in the game. So, um, there are still, I think, reasonable and rational question marks about their defense. So let's keep an eye on that and see whether um, it's an aberration or if there's a bigger issue. And lastly, Michael, I know you want to get on, but the 49ers-Eagles game. I mean, it was pretty dire to watch in some places, but let's just recall the 49ers have given up 17 points so far across two weeks. And in that game, we talked a little bit about injuries, the 49ers actually lost three running backs. And this is after losing most of last week. And the injuries were bad. And Owen's comment is fair. Like, I mean, there was a pretty nasty hit. There was a pretty dirty hit on um, Derek Carr um, in the Raiders-Steelers game as well, where it was about 10 seconds after he'd actually thrown the ball and it was low. Um, so there were a few dodgy hits as well as all the injuries. But again, on the injuries, on the Eagles front, Brandon Graham is going to be a massive loss there in relation to it and i am also going to be watching the injury report for tj watt the steelers which we should have mentioned sacks lead leaving with a groin injury he's the beating heart of that defense and that will change the dynamic for them even more than their loss if he's unavailable for a period of time so uh, lot yeah for me uh team we haven't talked too much about tonight shout out to the browns at one point last night it seemed that baker mayfield might be done for the rest of his life uh he wasn't <laughs> And the team came in, they done well. I think they're massive, massive skill set on the rush. And also players like Jano who can come in and just get a touchdown for the crack. Me and Colin have seen it before. But Chubb, boys, Nick Chubb is is unreal. Um, also, definitely the Falcons. I was really shocked 
like by the time I got home from Dublin, seeing the Falcons sort of come back into the game would have been disheartening for them because Brady pulled away. They, they were so good last night, Evans and Gronk, you know, to name two players. But um, I guess, look, next up for the Falcons, the Giants of the weekend, Brian. So uh, I'm sure that's that's from one extreme to another for them. But let's focus on tonight. We've got Monday Night Football coming up. Uh, and it's the Green Bay Packers. This is, this is a massive game. For Green Bay Packers boys tonight going up against the Detroit Lions. Are are we ready to make our picks? Yeah, all good. Yeah, yep. You sure, Brian? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely. Here we go. Absolutely. Get ready yeah, for it. Is. I tell you what, boys, Mark and Brian, if you just move over a bit, I'll actually keep us all full screen to laugh at these picks. Yeah, let's go. Uh, right, Colin, who have you got tonight for Monday Night Football and why? Um, well, my, my big hope is that the referees play less of a, a key role in uh, tonight's game than they did. We saw far too much of them yesterday. And look, the taunting penalty is just ridiculous. Keenan Allen gets called for it yesterday, even though he gets punched as he's going to the ground. And then he responds to that and he's the one who gets called. Um, I just, it makes no, no sense. Um, nobody outside of owners and some um coaches bill belichick who isn't afraid of you know making comments in press conferences flashing rings suddenly has an issue with taunting hmm. um but no one wants to see it so hopefully we don't see too much of that tonight and the referees play much less of it um aaron Rodgers said during the week we're in big trouble if we start freaking out over one game Rodgers traditionally bounces back strongly um, I just I, I look, Dan Campbell um, appears to they, their team are playing for him, given what we saw. They kept going against the 49ers, but I just don't have the faith in in Goff. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I, I do think that the Packers win this. Miles a... says go Lions as well, Ren. And then he won't, he won't, he won't, he won't like what I'm about to say. The Lions have given up over 30 points. On defense for the last seven games in a row, Aaron Rodgers is six and zero coming off a defeat since he since Matt Lafleur went in there. And in those six games, he's thrown for four touchdowns in every game with no interceptions. This game is going to be over by halftime. This game will not be as, as anyway exciting as what we've seen on the previous two Thursday night games or last Monday's night Monday night with the Ravens and the Raiders. The Packers are going to win this. We will not see a comeback of any nature, similar to what we saw with the Lions in the fourth quarter last week, where the, where the 49ers took the foot off the gas. This game will go up by about, I'd say they'll win by about 20 to 27 points. Rogers all night long. Michael, you mentioned the Browns just there in summing up, and actually we should have called out another key injury, Jarvis Landry. He's maybe sprained his mm. MCL, yep. um, which could lead to extend time out for him. But I'll tell you who doesn't have a sprained MCL. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is going to come back with a bang tonight. Um, yes, the Green, Green Bay clearly showed last week they have trouble with their offensive line, but Detroit is not a good football team. Detroit is not set up to exploit that weakness. Detroit will be lucky to win four games this season, probably. Um, I might regret that one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, for me, this is very simple. The Packers can't play as bad as they played last week. I don't think Detroit will play as good as they played last week in places. This is, like Brian, I'm at least 
three touchdowns in this one. It is a divisional game and all of the funny things, but it's a divisional game between two teams, one of which has been owned, owned so much. It's been so terribly sad for all of those guys in Michigan. Um, but Packers to continue the dominance. Walk it. Uh, Michael, if this game was being played in Germania, the Packers would win. Germania. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, look, very quickly, I've never seen a quarterback go on as much as uh, go on a media tour as much as Aaron Rodgers. He was on Rich Eisen today. He was on um, Pat, Pat McAfee. McAfee today. You know, maybe it's time for Aaron Rodgers to actually go play a bit of football, boys, because he didn't turn up last week. So I'm presuming he's going to turn up tonight. What other quarterback in the league would go on a national television show on the phone, chatting away 10 hours before kickoff? Come on, oh. like. I was a bit surprised. I have to say, I was surprised. That was a joke. Like, has he checked out? But my no, Michael. He has to go on the national media tour to explain how last week's loss wasn't his fault. So that's that's important. (laughs) But they weren't even like he could have done that last week. Look, I, I look. I'm going to take the Packers, but I think it'll be a lot closer than what you boys are saying. I, I have a feeling that Aaron Rodgers for two or three months this summer sat in Hawaii with your doll Woodley and just had the crack, just had the crack. Thought, ah, here I'll come back. I'll play a bit of ball. Unlike where you've got a 40, 40, well, it's a 97 year old man in Tom Brady who actually went and trained and trained, came back from an injury, had surgery, the works, where he had Aaron Rodgers laughing in Hawaii. And it showed last week, boys. It showed last week. They'll probably get the win tonight. But the reason they'll get the win tonight is because of Aaron Jones and nobody else. Um, I expect DeAndre Swift to have a decent game as well for the Lions. But I, I, I think it'll go. I think we'll win to the fourth. And I think if it does go into the fourth, the questions and the comments about this team will just be, it, it, it'll just be unreal. Is there any final points to make, gentlemen, tonight? Um, while, while you're saying about while Tom Brady was practicing and practicing, he was telling everyone else in the league not to practice. Remember that? Oh, guys, don't, don't do that. Oh, the owners, they're treated terribly. No, sit, sit, sit down on the bench there. Sit, have a picnic. Don't bother doing anything. Eat what you want as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, pay, pays dividends as, as always. This towards the night, Panthers against Texans. And last week we joked about it, saying, oh my God, that's the game next Thursday. But in fairness to the Texans, they've done well over the past two weeks. They were never, we didn't believe they'd win yesterday against the Browns. And the Panthers have surprised people and they're going for 3-0. So it actually makes for an intriguing game and it'll be a good show Thursday night. And we'll be back on Thursday night. I don't know what time yet. We'll see the crack on Thursday night, but we'll be back then. I want to thank everybody for the comments, the chats. There's loads of guys commenting here. Thank you to LA Rams 23, Arm Van Buren. I love that name. Owen Farrell as well. Thank you, lads, man. People that have watched on Twitter, thanks a million. If you're on Twitter, retweet the pin tweet in the next one hour and three minutes for a chance to win Madden. We're giving one away. And I guess talking about Texans, boys, there's there's only one way to end this show. Good night.